0: Hi everybody. I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And if you haven't heard about a movie called War for the Planet of the Apes then you're living under a rock somewhere and you've got to come out from there and see it this weekend for lots of reasons. It's a terrific movie but the principal reason being my guest Andy Serkis who performs as Caesar in this giving… I think one of the best performances you're gonna see anywhere this year or go years before to do it look at him I'm embarrassing him (laughs) I don't mean to but you were just brilliant (laughs) thank you so much thank you and you know we we've talked before a little bit about what it is that you do and now you're kind of doing everything but the whole idea of motion capture is still foreign to some people including members of the Academy. Damn them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem to comprehend what it is. Yeah. So here we have a moment now to say, I'm going to look at you and say you're on the set of War of the Planet of the Apes. Sure. This isn't something that the computer created later. Absolutely. What are you doing? How do you come onto the set? What are you dressed like? What goes on?
1: Right. I mean, you know, the, the basis is, Peter, you know, um, that really, performance capture is uh, it's a technology. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of cameras. It's a different bunch of cameras. Like, I mean, we have these cameras filming us now which is what we have on the film set. You're shooting on, you know, sixty, ARRI 65 cameras or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but... But we just have another bunch of cameras as well to record our performances. So, so we, wear, we wear a head-mounted camera, and then we have 360-degree cameras which are picking up all these markers which are on our suits, so it tracks all our physical movement. And then we have markers on our face which track all our facial expressions. Does it drive but, you crazy? No, not at all. But the point, the point is there is no different no difference at all in the process of acting. Whether you're playing a character who you go into makeup in the morning, you put like Woody, Woody Harrison mm-hmm. goes in, puts on his makeup, puts on his costume, we play a scene together, I put on my suit and, and my dots and my helmet and we go on and we play the scene together. It's not, you know, we, there's no difference in acting. I mean, if you were to go back to the original um, John Chambers make up of the original Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys had to sit and Roddy McDowell and Kim Hunter, those guys had to sit in make-up for five hours and they had layers of foam and latex and rubber which kind of basically obscured their face. Mm-hmm. And all they all they could do, I remember seeing a documentary with Kim Hunter, was to kind of force these facial expressions to make this thing kind of move. We don't have to do it's any like of that. It's like the art
0: of coarse acting. Yeah, well it's, it's like it's, okay, I have you, to
1: you're act. Fighting against this. something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and with performance capture, you could play in really internally you know you'll you know from the movie you'll have seen a lot of these scenes are played in close up and they're very internal moments and very emotional moments and 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 so the acting process is is you know and I've been banging on about this for years is no different to 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 screen acting in the conventional sense except you're not putting on makeup beforehand a, a very talented team of digital artists visual effects artists are in effect Painting on a virtual makeup over, over, over what you're doing.
0: I thought when what you did with Gollum was, and, and still is in many ways, the most extraordinary use of that process to create a character. You did it, you know, it's you, it's your voice, it's everything that you're doing, no matter how twisted he looks because of what motion capture is. But now I think in Caesar, you've, you've actually equaled that. You know, this is an extraordinary thing. So just, I don't want to give away too much about it, but set up a little what's going on with Caesar now.
1: Well, over the course of the three films, we've seen him go from being um, an orphaned chimpanzee who was the recipient of this Alzheimer's drug, which, which of course for humans went wrong and became a flu virus, a simian flu and, and wiped out a lot of humanity but for Caesar it, it, it enhanced his intelligence, it enhanced his cognitive skills, his emotional growth, uh, you know when, when, when I was playing him as a young infant chimpanzee he was brought up by human beings, James mm-hmm. Franco's character, you know he was very he, he, he was loved by humans and mm-hmm. therefore saw himself almost as a human being and I always approached him as a, as a human in an ape's skin, the sense of him being an outsider so that when he gets thrown into the sanctuary with all the other apes and he's suddenly faced with gorillas and chimpanzees and bonobos you know uh, orangutans he 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 feels out of sorts there so But but yet he is perfectly placed as as this outsider to be an empathetic character, trying to galvanize them all, being non-partisan to to any particular species, including humans. So Mm -hmm. he is this empathetic character. So in the second movie, Dawn, when we see him evolve and grow into this leader of a, a movement of a society that's beginning to burgeon, um, we, we, we see him, yeah, we, we see him create laws, we see him create s- structure for a society. He becomes a father figure, he, be, you know, he has children, um, and in this movie he 's always trying to broker a peaceful deal with humanity he wants he always tries to find a peaceful solution to, to, to conflict, mm-hmm. which is escalating. Uh, th- then we jump forward into war, we, 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 where we find you know war has started, and it was started by an ape, it was started by an ape who didn 't have Night. the same experience. Of, of his relationship to human, of Caesar's relationship to human beings. Um, and they're pitched into this horrendous uh, war. Both sides are, are, are desperately clinging on for survival. And yet you know, Caesar is still trying to, to find a, a, a way through and try and find a peaceful solution. That is shattered at the beginning of this movie when events happen, without mm-hmm. giving too much away, that affect him deeply and personally and send him off on this trajectory of, of, of hatred and revenge. And um, we see a completely different side of Caesar. Meanwhile, of course, he's evolved to this almost human like the most human like that we have ever seen him so it's a it's an incredible sort of contradiction between so
0: how us. does he go? Can you give me a little bit vocally of of how he starts because he's making animal sounds and then suddenly that voice matures into something that sounds like caesar that's right what is it How does it sound when it be when it began
1: well it, it, you know he this is this is again one of the many arcs of the journey of playing yeah. Caesar has been his linguistic kind of growth and yeah. the way that he communicates with other apes. So so he was taught to sign by the James Franco mm-hmm. character in the first film. Um, so you know Caesar home. You know he would he would learn all these this, you know pieces of sign language. But then then in the first movie you. You, um, you you hear him utter human words for the first time. So it goes from literally chimpanzee mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's from mm-hmm. ki- chimpanzee vocalizations through to mm-hmm. the first words he utters, which is which is through an emotional response to seeing some of his kind being brutalized in the ape sanctuary, where he he screams no for the first time, and it's it's like a raw, it's like a guttural, primal, uh, emotional response, which is not, it's just which is almost an, an ape could make that noise. It's like a no <laughs> no. No, <laughs> you know it's kind of like it, it, that. That that is that comes out of a, a um, something that is believable that a chimpanzee could do. You know, so so during the course of uh, dawn. We see then ten years have passed, and he is beginning to use human language to communicate with humans in a, in a, very, a very proto way. So, in the first movie, I was wearing chimpanzee, uh, literally chimpanzee dentures to make them sounds m- much more chimpanzee-like. In the second movie, I wore mouth guards to stop over-articulating the words. So, and, and, and Caesar's speech was found. It was every single word is kind of. Uh, found in the moment. His thought processes are slower to get the sounds to work. So it it becomes something like, uh, he would say, I do not want war you know and and it's so every single word is chewed on it's almost like found and and, and you know in this movie it, you know again the time has passed and he's, he's the the connection of words to expression um, is less having to be driven by emotion and it's more to do with uh you know c- constructing sentences and and you know you know philosophical uh, thoughts and and you know um so he would he would say uh, at the beginning of this movie he says uh i did not start this war. The ape who did is dead. You know, so it becomes it becomes much, much more humanized. So you see the gradual progression over these three movies is, is again, it's, it's just trying to keep it on the believable, it's gotta be a believable talking ape, but, uh, but at the same time, you, you wanna see that grow, that human kind of growth. I mean, in
0: addition to the, the apes movies, The Lord of the Rings and King Kong and all of that, you're also in the Star Wars universe. Now. That's right. I mean, come on. <laughs> Supreme Leader Snow. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing that's invented out of I don't know what. How did the look of that character
1: come about? I mean that that was that was to be fair that 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 design was JJ uh, J. Abraham's I mean he had very you know we talked a lot about that character and and you know that he was this although he's a formidable force uh, he is uh, he's a, there's dam he's damaged you know there's a damage to that character mm-hmm. um, and so there were m- so many iterations of the, of the design for that character but 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 finally we, we, you know it, it it sort of found its place and 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 it, you know it manifests as we see him you know with this kind of very very scarred jaw and and sort of um you know that's been eaten away and and, and so on and so forth and 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 how does he sound so what is
0: that first sound you invented
1: well with snoke it was you know there's a sort of um there's a sort of Again, there's a, there's a, along with the malevolence, there is a damage to it. Um, so, so he sounds like uh, like this kind of uh, if I can get into it right now. He is uh, he says, there has been an awakening in the force. Have you felt it? You know, so it's kind of you know, it's the more more along those lines. <laughs> well, I mean, and you're playing him
0: again yes. in
1: Last Jedi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He appears. Still appear. P- yeah. Are
0: you still working on this now?
1: No, no, that's 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 all. That's it's all, all done time. now. Yeah,
0: it's all done. So, good. in the time, I would think that you'd say to yourself, "Well, I'm taking some time off." You don't do any of that. You know. <laughs> You really don't do any of it. Uh, Ulysses Claw. you're playing again, you know, after the Avengers now in Black Panther. You decided, I guess, I don't know when you see your
1: wife and children. I, we, I, we, yeah, well, she, my wife's here. She's here. here. I so did I, meet I, I, her. I get yeah. to see her today. It's yes, amazing. Yes, it was good. <laughs> this is the first time in, in year. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> They've been on this tour with me and it's been really ama- amazing. What, what did they think of what you're doing? Kids are... Di- kids you know, I know what that's like. Yeah, the, kid, <laughs> you know? the kids have grown up with all of these films. They, they've, they've literally grown up, with, you know, in New Zealand, in, in Vancouver, where we shot all the Apes movies. And, you know, uh, it's a normality for them. There's, no, there's curiously nothing cool or special about it. It's sort of they like don't bring they, their friends home to meet you
0: so that you can do Gollum for them?
1: Occasionally, but actually they've got past that stage now because it's no longer cool. Oh, it is. No. <laughs> it's only a live There's a limited window where it was cool, and it's, now it's. I now, would think now, the Star Wars thing would yeah. be cool. Then. Maybe for their friends, but they're like, oh God, we're over it, Dad. You know, you we know, have we, to live with yeah, this, man. Exactly.
0: Do you go around the house yeah. making these sounds, or do you save that? I for know, your I home? know,
1: I know better to, than to do that now. <laughs> None of that happened. It's happens. not impressive anymore.
0: The other thing that. You're doing now and I can't wait to see the movie is directing a film called breathe that you're not in That's right about a person with polio who's immobilized you who in everything you do is the most mobile (laughs) person I know Uh, is choosing this. Why did you choose to do
1: it? It's a very, very personal story. It actually is the true story of uh, Jonathan Cavendish, who is a film producer uh, who produced the Bridget Jones movies, among many others, of Elizabeth the Golden Age, and so on and so forth. Isn't he your partner? He's my business partner at the Imaginarium. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's my business partner at the Imaginarium. It's the story of his parents' life, and it's a true story. It's an incredibly uplifting story about living two minutes away from death and pioneering living outside of the hospital system with a massive polio disability, um, you know, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, when no one else was doing it. Because, you know, I have a sister who who suffers from uh, multiple sclerosis, and she's wheelchair-bound, and she, you know, it's difficult enough in in 2017 for for, for a disabled person to get around, you know, still, with with ramps and, and all the facilities that are available now. I was fascinated by this, incre- it's a beautiful love story and, and centrally played by, by a, amazing performances by Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy. What, what, a, what a really appealed to me was this sense of pioneering. Uh, um, living, as I say, two minutes away from death, and uh, with no, there's no safety net. It's like living any minute, it any minute, minute life can go. And yet, it's not a sort of mawkish, sentimental tale. It's about, it's so life affirming. It's so much about love and and mm-hmm. living life to the full. And you know, if if, if and it makes you think, well, if I, were, if I were in that position, how would I? How what would my be my response? How would I live life to the full, two minutes away from death?
0: And for everybody to think about when yeah. they see it. So yeah. that will
1: be out in the fall. That's coming out, um, yep, yeah, in October and... Uh, and then Jungle Book. Jungle Book comes out next year and that's... So that's why, I don't know, I mean I really think
0: when do you ever see these people you call your fans?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we're having a little holiday a little bit later on <laughs> okay. this year, it, which, is, which is great, which we're happen. so looking forward to.
0: What would though if people just met you and were charmed by you as we all are here? Uh, and they hadn't seen any of this. What are the two or three things you would say to people to watch you in, not because you think it's the best thing you ever did, but that they would understand what you're about?
1: Like a, like a smorgasbord of, of- A little a, bit, just a couple a, a, of, things. A, a th- of things. Well, I because think I Caesar's make... a pretty good example, yeah. you know, because that, that, that has been an extraordinary journey, and as I say, you know, shows a, a, a real diversity of, of, across those three films of, 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 of how to really invest in a role in an extraordinary situation where you're playing in the whole life of a character. I mean, I'm, I was very proud of the work I did on, on Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, the mm-hmm, Ian Dury film. Yeah. Um, there was another film I did called Longford, which was quite a dark piece about, about two, two murderers. Uh, Samantha Morton and I played uh, Myra Hindley and Ian Brady. That, that was, that was a, a very interesting, quite dark film. Um, There's multitudes inside you, Andy. really are
0: and that's good for all of us to do it it really is so we end in song always okay Uh, I think I'm always after you to sing as
1: Gollum but I don't know whether he's in your head well Gollum could sing but but Caesar could also sing. could Caesar sing he could sing a song what would he sing he would sing he would probably sing uh, there's a place for us Somewhere, a place for us, peace and quiet and open air. Something like that. He would probably sing something like that. Caesar does West Side Story. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Hey.
0: In your world, anything is possible. Andy, thank you so much. It's always great to talk
1: to you. It's you. It's great. Thank you. <laughs>